Welcome to Move Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Clapson. The aim of this podcast is to explore, learn, and spread the message of rewilding and natural movement so that we as humans can live in more alignment with our nature and reclaim what it means to be fully alive. The modern world has stripped away so much that used to nourish our mind, body, and soul. This podcast will help illuminate how we can reclaim and restore our innate, wild, capable, and strong spirit. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Move Wild Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. So today I'm sharing with you a conversation that I recorded yesterday with Nick Wolf Gillings at Norfolk Wild. So I'm going to read you his bio and then we're going to jump straight into today's episode. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys think of this episode. It was great to connect with Nick and talk about fishing and hunting and some of his perspectives on those two things and how they can reconnect us with the natural world around us. So, being exposed at a young age to country New South Wales, Nick began escaping the city as often as he could to enjoy some of Australia's most beautiful locations. Developing a deep connection with the outdoors in one of the best possible ways through fly fishing has led Nick to discover new rivers, landscapes and trails while pursuing fish through the art of fly fishing. It teaches patience, develops connections with the natural world and is one of the most rewarding experiences, fish or no fish. From this love of fly fishing, he began his own passion project, Norfolk Wild. As a keen lover of mountains and rivers and observing a rise in the popularity of fly fishing, Nick decided to work on a fun side hustle to connect with others who share in the interest and enjoyment of fly fishing. So let's jump into today's episode. Again, really looking forward to seeing what you guys think. And you can catch me on the other side for how you can connect with Nick and how you can connect with myself. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your time with us today. Yeah, anything to talk fishing. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, so to start off with, I kind of like to start with a little bit of your backstory just to get the listeners understanding where you're coming from and what you do and how you got into kind of what you do today. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I grew up like in the city like a lot of kids do. Um, but I was really fortunate enough to have, um, made a mate when I was like eight years old who had a farm in Wagga and, um, we were best friends for, you know, still are good friends. Um, but basically, you know, becoming friends with him, um, through school led me to going out to the farm every weekend and we were just out there running around, you know, probably doing more harm than good, to be honest, you know, not helping out really, you know, just having a, having a fun time, just, you know, we got given slug guns and quad bikes and, you know, we you know, supposed to help out, but we ended up just tearing off and just, you know, running around the farm and finding creeks. And yeah, so that was like, um, I suppose, like the really lucky part of growing up and um, then ended up kind of um, going to school all the way through to, you know, finishing high school with him. And, um, you know, we both got into fishing because, you know, that his dad had the farm, but his mum who lived in Sydney, um, she lived down on the water so he actually got me into fishing as well so you know he's one of those one of those mates that's just great to have and you know where he just had this you know little tiny you know tinny that pretty much had holes in it and we just tear around on down on pit water in sydney and go down rigging for kingfish and you know whatever we could and got really into just just you know being out on the water and just enjoying it you know catching squid and sometimes you know just cooking them up on the boat then and there and um 
And then finishing school probably ended up um, kind of phasing out of getting, like being outdoors so much. And, you know, you kind of, you know, you're, you're 19, 20, you know, you kind of want to go out and party a little bit. And, you know, I went traveling and stuff like that, you know, and a lot of the travel stuff was still outdoors, but, you know, a lot of it was focused on, you know, probably yahooing a bit and, um, and you get carried away with that stuff. And then, you know, so that was like kind of the early twenties and then just kind of started phasing back into, you know, just remembering how much I loved being outdoors and got, um, had a mate who'd been fly fishing and I was in New Zealand and, you know, one of my parents' friends was like, Oh, have a go at this. And I hooked up a rainbow trout in the first like 20 minutes. And I was just like, that was it for me. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is the money. This is where I want to be. Had the best time. That was the only fish I caught. And then um, ever since I've just been like edging my way into random circles of friends, trying to find out more ways to get into fly fishing. Um, and at the same time, you know, trying to, you know, I've always been exposed to, you know, friends with farms and things like that. So kind of always had that like, you know, idea of you know, wanting to be a successful hunter. Um, and that's more of a new thing for me though. Um, you know, I recently did one of the courses you've done yourself with um, the Alpha Human guys at um, Eamon who, you know, took us out and, you know, with my brother who, you know, got to share a really good experience with him. We both, you know, shot our first deer, which was just amazing and bringing that back and sharing the meat and everything. So that, that, that really got me into it and, you know, just been progressing ever since with, with the hunting as well. So yeah, I'm kind of at this point now where I just want to explore the hunting thing a bit more and, um, you know, the fishing stuff, you know, that'll never stop for me. I love it. You know, just got back from a couple of days trip on the tumor. So it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's awesome that you were exposed to it at um, such a young age and you had that kind of in through your friend. Yeah. And I'd love to um, kind of get your thoughts or your advice for people who haven't had that early exposure and are perhaps a little bit on the outside of that culture, I guess, because it is yeah. quite a culture, the fishing and hunting world, mm. and who want to get into it. What, what do you reckon the best way is to go about like really immersing ourselves in fishing specifically and, and hunting as well? Yeah, um, it's definitely like, it can definitely be tricky and, you know, like, um, especially with the hunting thing, I think like a lot of people, um, the idea is nice to harvest your own meat and know where it's come from, you know, knowing that it's only passed through, you know, maybe your hands and your mate's hands. That's, it's a really nice idea, but the barriers to get into it are really tricky. Um, my biggest tip is just talk to people. You know, don't be shy. Go and have a chat with someone um you know if you know someone in the game you know express how excited you are to get involved i think a lot of people um you know firstly you know they say they want to do things and then they get carried away with the weekend and just go out and party or do whatever they want to do and you know they they kind of lose that idea of going outdoors and doing something that's slightly more challenging because you've got to drive two hours or three hours but i think yeah you know my big thing would be if you know someone talk to them um and if you don't know anyone like, you know, social media is actually like, you know, a huge help in that realm, um, which is really interesting because I'm, I like to distance myself from social media when I can, but at the same time you go on and you chat to people and the people you meet are insane. Um, you know, some of the fishing, you know, with fly fishing, especially it's, it's a really, um, it's, it's a tight knit community in terms of, especially the locations. Like, you know, a lot of people won't share with the rivers they fish um, they won't tell you what they're using. You know, there's so much, um, you know, kind of sacred kind of, you know, sacred vibe to the whole thing that it's hard to get in.
But I think if you can find one person or get on social media and just chat to people, um, you'll end up getting out there having one day on the river and then you'll meet someone on the river who will share that spot because they can see that you're out there and you're trying. Um, you know, I had the experience on the weekend. Um, spoke, to, spoke to a guy yesterday who, you know, kind of came over, started chatting, rigging up our fly lines in the car park and came over and started chatting and all of a sudden we're talking about different rivers and sharing knowledge, you know, go, you know it, it's a real kind of give and take thing. So again, just comes back to, to chat, you know, put yourself out there, don't make yourself too, too shy about the whole thing, I reckon. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And it really is all about those connections and like forming them because more often than not, people are willing to share if you, yeah. if you give a little and if you show that you're interested. But so, yeah, so often like for me as well, like looking back in the past, like that's definitely how I've approached it, like being a little bit shy about like not knowing whether people want to share, but more often than not, they do. And yeah. social media is also a great way to kind of find that stuff. And you, you post a fair bit on, on social media with yeah. Norfolk Wild. So can you kind of explain a little bit about that and why you started Norfolk Wild? And Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I, so like I've been fly fishing for like, I don't know, it's got to be like almost 10 years now or maybe a bit less. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, um, it was an interesting thing. Like when I, when I first started, like, I think the sport, like, you know, you know, I'm only, I'm only 30 years old, but I think the sport's really developed in Australia specifically over the last like five or six years. And that's with the help of people like Josh Hutchins and Mickey Finn and all those kind of guys who are, you know, the Aussie fly fishing group who have really done a really good job promoting it. Um, you know, beautiful photography. They get out to all the talk shows and they've really turned it into, um, a, you know, a, a pretty vibrant business for those guys. But also that that has stimulated um, fly fishing in general. And the Norfolk Wild thing, like, you know, spent so much time just road tripping every weekend with mates surfing and um, fishing and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I just started always love taking photos and whatever. And um, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer, you know, full time. So um, for me, I just, it was just an outlet of something like, you know, a lot of the time with design work, you'll, you're just doing whatever the client wants. You know, you might be working for like a really, you know, just a really, you know, it might be like a financial service company. So you can imagine the design work isn't the most exciting thing. So, you know, if I could just, you know, sketch up a couple of tees, you know, a couple of hats, you know, it was just an outlet for me to just, do some design work, be a bit more creative on, on a front that I wanted to be, you know, um, in terms of the business itself, like it is what it is. You know, I just work on it when I've got a bit of downtime, throw up some photos. I love sharing those stories because um, back to that previous conversation, it, it I've built so many friends that I had, you know, zero connection with um, and through social media, like I've, I've just spent a weekend away with a mate um, who I, I met on social media, um, you know, Sometimes my girlfriend gets a bit sus, but, um, <laughs> you know, like I've literally been, I've gone over to guys' houses um, midweek and we've tied flies and had a few beers and I've just met them on social media. So it, it really is an amazing tool in that sense. I think you've got to be, you've got to take it with a grain of salt though. You know, you don't get, don't get carried away with it. Um, you know, there's so much crap out there. And, you know, I think um, in terms of the social media aspect of, of Norfolk Wild, um, it's just been a great way to meet friends, get into the community, um, you know, 
create a bit of a you know a bit of a vibe for, for myself to encourage me to keep going outdoors um you know because sometimes i'm like oh i just don't know if i've got it in me this weekend and then i'm you know someone someone hits me up and goes oh you're going fishing this weekend and I, go, I get really excited and i'm like yeah actually you know what i am going to go this weekend because you know people get inspired by the stories and you know i'm not the best at it i don't put heaps of effort in but i i do like doing it because like, you get these connections that out of the whole business so yeah, it's been, been a fun journey so far and, you know, hopefully this year we're going to take it a little bit more seriously and try and promote it a bit more and build the sport of fly fishing and build a better community. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I love that point on, um, on story as well because that, the stories is really what gets people inspired. Like when I look back at like when I became interested in hunting or, or any of the things that I do now, it was a story told by someone else, whether mm-hmm. it's through social media or just through like a chat, that really inspires me and I love I do love social media as a as a platform for that to be able to tell like really inspiring stories to get people like into fishing or into hunting yeah. or into whatever it is that we really want to do and that is kind of a good lead into um, my next question which is what like why do you think that um, I guess connecting to our food um, like through fishing or through hunting in the sense that we actually have to go out and, and get it. Why do you think that's important? Um, and and perhaps why do you think that we've lost that or perhaps other people don't see it as an important aspect yeah, of the um, human experience? I think like for the people that have done it, they know how good it is. Um, like from a fishing aspect to like to do it naturally from start to finish, like there's a good cycle. So for fly fishing, if you can like, so the dream scenario, right? Um, go out, stalk a deer, um, catch the deer in, in the perfect spot, take him down and, um, you know, you, you put in hours on that stalk. You've then got not only the meat, but being able to get, um, you know, a good coat you can then um, use the, you know, this is, this is that perfect scenario again, but, you know, using, using the coat to tie flies um, to then go fishing and catch a rainbow or a brown on, on something that you've um, started from the start to the end. You know, you didn't make the hook, but, you know, you, you've gone out, you've tied flies from a deer that you've shot, um, whether that be bow or rifle, and then you've gone down to a river with that specific fly, you've casted that fly in the perfect spot um, to catch a fish, um, and the fish has risen up to the surface, eaten your fly. Like there's no better feeling, and and it's probably as like natural as it can be. Like um, you know, you could like I, I, it's hard to think of another way to make to to go out and do those kind of things in a more kind of natural kind of you know circle and i think um you know if you can if you can ease your way into that kind of you know like i'm not saying everyone's going to go out and shoot a deer and catch a fish but i'm just saying that that's the dream scenario and you've got to have things to look forward to but if you can kind of go out and appreciate that just once i think you know, you're really going to get stuck in and, you know, you're going to want to do it again and again and again. And I think the natural connection is, um, it just feels right. Like there's something about it when you, when you have that whole process, um, and you know, you've done it and you've been connected through the process through the whole way 
then you really get a feel for every part of it rather than just, you know, going up and picking up a slab of meat from the supermarket or, um, you know, catching a fish, um, you know, from, from your local seafood store. Like, um, there's just a really nice feel. And, and the other aspect is sharing that as well. Like, I, like there was, like, I, I had such a good feeling inside me when I was making venison schnitzels for my family and friends. Like we made, you know, sausages a month ago out of the venison I shot. Um, and, and again, that leads back to connections as well. Like, you know, I'm now friends with the butcher down the road, um, who I'd never had a conversation with. So I think there's just, it just feels right. I think, you know, tying back to that question, it feels good when you do it, you know, it's, there's something about it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, it feels good. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and in many ways, at least for me, it's more fulfilling, like knowing that that's how, like that's an option for me to get my food. And, and that, that option yeah. is definitely a much more fulfilling process. And I guess that comes back and ties back into the idea of sharing a story because there's, there's a, there's actually a story to share when we go out fishing or when we go out hunting, we bring yeah. back some sort of food rather than like going to the shops or, whatever like there's no story in just driving to the shops and like grabbing your food as opposed to like going out and fishing exactly yeah and that's where the storytelling comes in and and you know that's what inspires people to get outside and people who can tell stories well um and that doesn't mean having the best camera or having the best microphone or whatever it's just about sharing the journey um and and that's what kind of i think inspires inspired me as well to, you know, to get involved and stay involved, um, you know, because people do look forward to it. And, and, you know, like I said, that's just building more connections through and through. So um, it, it is a really nice kind of, it's almost like a compliment when someone, when someone you don't know says, Oh, I've seen, I've seen you guys around. Like, yeah, I saw you guys with fishing here or whatever. And it's like, it's, it's a really nice kind of like, it's almost, yeah, it's just, it's just a nice feeling when someone comes up to you randomly and says, I've seen you guys around. Like, yeah, you guys are we're fishing here. It just, it feels good. Yeah, totally. Um, for people who have like no idea about fishing or are very new to that world, can you kind of explain the difference between well, like, what, like what is fly fishing? If you could yeah. do that and like, why, why do you love it so much? And what, you know, what, yeah. why is it like such a thing for you and why do you do it? So like, so what I was saying before about, um, you know, growing up, we grew up fishing and, you know, we'd, and, you know, like each to their own um, here as well, you know, not to write off, you know, people who spin fish or down rig or trawl, you know, everyone gets their kicks doing what they do. Um, we used to, yeah, I grew up trawling uh, or down rigging pit water for kings and it was really fun. So, you know, down rigging, you just, you know, get your bait, drop it out the back, um, drive up and down the moorings and, you know, just wait for a king to hit. You know, you're just essentially sitting there just waiting and hoping and hoping you're in the right spot. Um, and, you know, that, like when you hook up and, you know, you know, a good king hits you or a nice salmon hits you, like it is really fun. Like it, it's just, it's just, a, it's just good fun. Um, not to mention, you know, you, you then get kingfish or salmon or whatever it is um, to take home. It, it's a great feeling, but I kind of just phased out of it. It just naturally just happened. Um, and then had that little break of, you know, not fishing so much. And then when I got introduced to fly fishing, it was the whole process and that whole 
like natural pursuit of the animal as well. I really liked um, seeing. So like the pinnacle of fly fishing is 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 in my my eyes is um, sight casting dry flies for for trout. So sight casting is essentially like. Uh, it's the same as stalking a deer, if you were to put it in that context. Um, basically, walking rivers or whatever it might be, dams, um, and looking for the fish before putting a cast in. Like, there are days when you could walk for hours before you'd even put one cast in. So, it's the same as stalking an animal. So, you're sitting there watching, waiting, um, and watching, you know, when you do find that fish, you know, watching its pattern. So, a lot of the fish are territorial or you know, they're doing the same thing over and over again. So, you know, a fish might sit in the fast water and then move into the deep water for a second to relax and then move back to the fast water. Um, basically, bugs are landing in the river. They then float downstream and fish are looking for those bugs um, and they'll rise up, hit the surface and eat that food off the surface. Um, and that's where fly fishing, um, you know, which dates back, you know, I think like Egyptians were fly fishing originally, but the, you know, I think the first real fly fishing was um, an English guy in, you know, you know, hundreds of centuries, uh, must be, I think three hundred, three or 400 years ago now or something. Um, but basically it's a fly line attached to a pole and then you're imitating that bug pattern on the end of your fly line. And you're so basically the, the saying is match the hatch. Um, the idea is that whatever bugs are hatching on the water um, is the bug you want to be casting onto the river. And so it's about, you know, kind of out, outsmarting what a really, really smart fish and putting that bug on the surface and hoping he'll move up towards your fish and then setting the hook just at the right time as he hits the surface. So for me, it, there's a, this beautiful process in the whole thing rather than just dropping some bait down and hoping for the best. Um, and you know, that, that's not giving it a good reputation because, you know, I, I still like fishing, but, um, but for me, fly fishing really is, um, it, it's a whole new world. Um, and once you do it once or twice, it's, um, it, it is honestly one of the best feelings you can have is just, you know, watching that fish move up to your fly and, and it then stops and makes a decision whether it wants it or not. And you're hoping that, you know, you've presented that fly in the perfect manner that the fish is going to smash it um, because I've literally had fish come up in like, you know, slow drifting currents, touch my fly with its nose and then just turn away. And like, you're just like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's just it. Like, what did I, and you sit there pondering and you go, what did I do wrong? Like you might've fished for six hours that day and, and you just, that was the only fish you've seen all day. And you just sit there go, what did I do wrong? Like, there's gotta be something here. Like, and you, you know, you can, you know, I had it on the weekend. Um, you know, I sent three dry flies up to this rising fish and I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. And I was going, no, let's get out of here. I want to go sit by the river and have a beer. I'm stressing out now. It's not, it's not becoming fun. And my mate Andy, who I was with, said, no, no, let's try one more time. You've got to get this. And I was going, oh man, I just don't know. And last cast, bang, like on. And like the joy and excitement that just rushes to you is just amazing. And the fish was like, you know, I don't know, 15 centimetres, you know, like, and you, but you're just that pumped by the whole process because you've tried, you've tried, you've tried, you've watched it turn away. But yeah, it, it's, it's that good a feeling. Yeah, that's amazing. And I loved, um, I loved hearing you share then. It's because one thing that I noticed is that people who don't 
fish or hunt, they don't understand that fishers and hunters often have to have like a really deep understanding of the animals and yeah. the environment that within which they're, they're fishing. And like just what you said there, like there's so many things that, you know, people who, who aren't in that world wouldn't pick up on, like even just the, the fact that fish are territorial or that they might move between different, um, you know, different waters at different times or, yeah. you know, stuff like that is just so such a depth of knowledge that you develop through skills such as fishing yeah. because you have to because it's like unless you know the fish and unless you know like where you're fishing, you're never going to be able to catch the fish. And it, it is, um, you know, fly fishing is a great example of that because it's, it's, you know, something that you really have to understand in order to be successful at. Yeah, exactly right. Like it's, um, yeah, it really is that deep understanding. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's like going on a Wikipedia page and just diving deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're going, where did I, how did I get to this? Like, <laughs> I, like I now understand, like, like, like I get excited when I'm walking down a river, like I might just be on a hike with my girlfriend and I'm walking down the river. I'm like, look, look, look. And I'll pick up a rock and I'll show her the nymphs, which are the tiny bugs that live under the rock, which then turn into emerges, which float up into the river system, which then hit the surface and they turn into flies and they hatch on the, on the water. And like, you know, like I could never imagine myself 10 years ago getting excited about a bug under a rock, like, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and that, also then inspires you to really take care of the environment you're in um you know really appreciate where you're going and and it also gives you um you know it just i think it really gives you something to kind of fight for um you know australians i think are quite um we can be a little bit kind of like we'll get up in arms about something when we want to be but that momentum can die off really quickly. Um, you know, I'm really passionate about the environment. Um, our waterways are, are really important to me. And, you know, that is because, you know, and that all stemmed from fishing. Um, trout need really precise temperatures um, to survive, um, especially rainbow trout. Brown trout are a bit more durable, but, you know, a couple of degrees in water change um, and, you know, it just it can destroy a whole system of fish. Um, you know, obviously, well, well, you know, we stock fisheries now, but um, you know, it's it's really sad to see, like, after a few years drought. Um, you know, going back to my favourite fishing river in in you know West Blue Mountains, um, we fished there. Uh, it was end of last summer, which usually is just dry fly madness. Just literally every pool put a dry fly in and, you know, you're looking at beautiful fish rising up clear water. Um, haven't seen a fish in there this year. So, um, you know, just really sad to see, you know, how easily that can be affected. And, um, you know, that can come down to, to big businesses as well. Um, you know, obviously um, a lot of the big businesses and farming as well can have huge impacts on, on river systems and, um, and, and also just people in general, you know, the rubbish I collect, you know, when I'm wading the rivers, I'll just throw rubbish in my net as I go. Um, Cause you know, I could be in the middle of nowhere and, you know, a Coke can or wash bar or a Macca's wrapper and you're just going like, how, like where did this come from? But it's amazing to see how far stuff can travel. And I think people need to be really aware that if, if they like hunting and fishing, take care of the environments you're in because it's only going to come back to bite you and you're going to be the ones that are going to get stuck, you know, going, well, we've got nowhere to hunt, nowhere to fish anymore. So I think that's a really important thing to remember. You know, if you like the environment you're going to, even if you just go to the beach on the weekend, 
if you like that environment, don't put your ciggies out in the sand, you know? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I think that's, that's, um, that's why I love to get people like yourself on and really kind of inspire more people to get into hunting and fishing. I'm, I'm only into it very minimally and I'm quite an amateur, but I want to get into it more. Uh, because it does give you that kind of understanding, like A, it gives you the understanding of the environment and B, it gives you a deep kind of care and and uh, like understanding you want to protect that environment and, and understanding how that environment works and, and what things could be potentially harming that environment because you're in it and because you're actually, you know, taking the life of a fish or a deer or whatever it is within that environment respectfully, you, you start to respect that environment a lot a lot more yeah. and you start to understand you know what what's going to harm it and what you know what you can do to stop that from from harming it rather than like being in a city or being detached from it and not really understanding understanding how it works which is yeah why fishing and hunting is, is such a beautiful yeah. way to kind of immerse ourselves and kind of develop and deepen that understanding yeah 100 percent. it's just um you know like you don't I think that's something else like to your point there of like being in the city, um, you know, I think a lot of people feel like they've got to go to the most remote regions to go and cast a fly or, or shoot a deer. Um, you know, I heard Andrew Lovell on your podcast um, was saying, you know, how he had deer walking through his Camden, Camden lot. And it's just like, you know, I've got, I've got mates that have places out of Camden and um, yeah, like animals, animals will go wherever they want to go. Um, you know, if they can get there basically. And I think, um, in terms of fly fishing, you know, people have this weird idea of, oh, you've got to go to, you know, New Zealand and America and Montana to fish all these rivers and, you know, like, yeah, great, but you can you can go down to your local lagoon and throw in some flies, um, just tie the right fly. You can, like a lot of people don't know, um, which is really bizarre, that you can fly fish for saltwater fish, you know, and, and it's a great fight. Like, so you really feel everything with a fly rod rather than you know, having some, you know, huge um spin rod you can with a fly rod you know casting and, and presenting a nice fly on the surface to a flathead and watching that flatty come up from from and just smash your fly off the surface um you know it goes really hard your whole rod's bent right in half and you're just like holding on for life because you know you don't have as much power um, it really gives the animal a chance um, and you can do that in your local kind of like literally local lagoons if you just want to do it for like sport fishing you know, go down to your, you know, I've seen, I've seen people fishing in like drainages and stuff like that. Um, you know, it might not be the nicest place, but again, it's that fun um, of sight casting a fish and getting it to come to the surface. Uh, it's a really cool experience. And, and you know, it, it ties back into that idea that if you look after the area that you're in as well, like, you know, just because you're in the city um, doesn't mean you shouldn't pick up that piece of rubbish that you walk past. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who dropped it, just, you know, you're just as bad if you walk past it, I think. Um, and if you look after those local areas, you can, you can have all these things, you know, but don't, I feel, I feel like a lot of people feel like, yeah, they've got to travel, you know, five hours on a weekend to go and do these things, but, you know, do your research, um, chat to people, you'll, you'll find places to go for sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it really is. I get, yeah, the emphasis should be that we need to be connecting to our local environments too because, like, those faraway places, like, they might sound really nice, but they're not necessarily available on a sustainable basis. Like, you can't, yeah. you know, just walk down there or drive down there in, like, five minutes or ten minutes or whatever. 
but connecting with those places, whether you're in a city or wherever you are, that's that's important to create a sustainable and available kind of environment within which to do these kind of things. Yeah. And it's nice to make the effort. Like if it is, if you do have to make a four hour drive, the reward is worth it. Um, you know, for me, like, when Friday, like I love my job. I love, I love, I honestly love going to work. I get excited by it. Um, sometimes you've got to do a few mundane things, but um, you know, that, that's with everything, you know, you've got to take that in life. Um, but I think when Friday rolls around and, you know, I've already packed the car on Thursday night and I'm just like raring to get down the coast or out West to go fishing or hunting. Um, it, it is honestly just like, the whole momentum going out there is so much fun. Like the car trip, like I've had the same conversation with my mate about the fish we've caught every car trip. And I don't mind having that conversation every time. It's so stupid. We sit there and we go, Oh mate, if I showed you this photo, have I showed you this photo? Mate, what about that time you hooked up and then this, and it's just like, it's that good. Like you get, you know, you just, and that's building up that whole momentum for Friday night, get there, have a fire, um, sit by the fire, you know, yarn away for a while wake up Saturday morning and you just like, you've, you've almost built this like energy inside you all the way up to Saturday morning to go and cast your first fly. And, and it's just so good. And you're going to have highs and lows all day for sure. But that journey, um, you know, if it's that extra four hours, it means, you know, you don't go and sit in the pub every Friday and you get outdoors and you sit by the fire. Um, it, you know, for me, I, I'd travel way further than four hours, you know, like I'd, happily do it every weekend yeah it's definitely worth it and that that kind of sense of adventure that you get from it is so it's such a like it's such a human thing but it's something yeah. that we're so lacking in in the modern world yeah. so often like and so many people don't have that outlet for adventure like even even just like going out into nature or whatever it is whether it be fishing and hunting or something else yeah. like that's it that adventure that you get from those kind of activities is so important for, for sure. our mental health as well I 100% agree. Um, like for me, like I, I, I've never been one of those people that, you know, can't sleep. But when, I, when I'm when i at home, like my mind doesn't switch off. I'm thinking, oh, should I stay up late and just, you know, should I finish that drawing? Should I finish, you know, should I finish this bit of work, whatever it might be. But when I'm, when I'm away and there's a fire on, um, like I just, like the natural tiredness comes back and I go, yeah, I think I'm pretty ready for bed and it'll be like nine o'clock and I've sat by the fire. We've, we've had a beer, we've had whatever, a glass of wine or something. Um, you know, we've been chatting away for hours and you just, this like really nice sense of tiredness comes on and, you know, just sleeping next to the fire and your swag, it just feels so good. And I just pass out like, um, you know, whereas at home I, I would definitely like, you know, it's half an hour to an hour before I can like finally get into that sleep. Whereas I think, yeah, being outdoors, you know, whether it's the river running past you or a fire and it sounds a bit cliche, but it does just like lull you to sleep really nicely. And it's such a good vibe. Um, you know, I, I, every time I do it, I just always think like, oh, I'm never going to switch off. And then all of a sudden lights out, it's just gone. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, it's so true. And it's so like, I guess to be expected, like being out in nature definitely has that effect. And you know, it's a natural environment that we're, that we as humans are like designed for. And then when we get back to it, yeah, we do start to switch off and kind of fall back into those natural rhythms. Um, so we'll start to wrap up. Um, this, so one question that I sometimes like to finish with is, um, how can people listening 
get a little bit more connected with nature today? Like what's one step that they could take if they're listening to this now that you would recommend to kind of help reconnect um, them with nature? Um, it's really tricky because like, I think there's a lot of different things people can do um, that we've, you know, we've kind of covered off, but I think, um, I think one that's a little bit different is probably like do some research. Um, and that might not be a direct connection with nature right now because research probably involves going to a library or getting on your computer. Um, and I fully get that it's a bit contradictory in that sense, but the more you get inspired by understanding something, um, the more you'll be inquisitive and want to go out there and, and do it for yourself. Um, so I think, and, and you know, I, I think there's, so there's two parts to that. Do the research and then just give it a crack. Don't be shy to just go out there and give it a go. No one's going to laugh at you if, if you know, you have a, a weekend where you don't catch any fish, um, but you got to sit by a fire and watch the river go by. Um, you know, so I think do the research, have a go. Yeah, I, I absolutely, I love that because it's, it's, it's one thing to just go out into nature with no understanding, but when you take that approach and actually like understand nature a little bit more, you can connect with it so much more deeply. Like if I didn't know how to fish or if I didn't know how to, you know, whatever it is, and like I went out into nature, I would have a very different connection with say the ocean or the river that's nearby as opposed to if I knew how to fish and, or if I knew how to do those things and I understood it and I first did the research. So I really, I love that answer and really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And so finally, um, how can people connect with you and, and follow your work? Yeah, so um, we've got Instagram to so just jump on. It's just Norfolk Wild. Um, check us out there. Um, always happy to chat. Anyone wants any advice on fishing, you know, I, I don't proclaim to be an expert by any means. But um, I just love it. I'm passionate and I will chew your ear off if you ask me a question about fishing. So um, give, me, give me a yell on there. Otherwise, the website, norfolkwild.com.au. Um, yeah, more than happy to answer questions and stuff like, you know, if anyone is trying to get into it, looking for their first rod or whatever, um, you know, again, I'll do everything to point you in the right direction um, and, and help out where I can. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really awesome. appreciate coming on and sharing. Hey, no dramas. Like I said, anything to talk, talk outdoors and fishing, it feels good. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode of Move Wild Podcast. So all the links to connect with Nick are going to be down in the show notes as well as the links to connect with me. If you feel like you got value out of today's podcast, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram or whatever social media platform you use and tag Nick at Norfolk Wild and myself. If also you haven't already left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you use, if you could do that, that would be amazing. It really helps with getting this podcast out to more people and kind of spreading the message. So again, thank you all so much for tuning in. I did want to let you guys know about one announcement that I have, which is that I have um, had the opportunity to present and speak at the Embodiment Conference, which is an online conference coming up and starting this Friday and going, or starting this Wednesday actually, so tomorrow, and going from the 14th to the 25th of October. So I'll be speaking and presenting on that, and I'll let you guys know the dates on which I will be doing that on my Instagram. So if you want to follow me over there at move underscore wild. 
but you guys can get free tickets to the embodiment conference if you want so i'm going to put a link in my show notes to that not only am i going to be speaking and presenting on rewilding and natural movement I'm also going to be hosting some incredible speakers. I think there's over a thousand speakers at that event. So I'm really stoked to um, yeah, have had the opportunity to speak and present. So go check that out as well. Um, but that is all for today's episode. And I'll catch you all on the next episode of Move Wild Podcast coming out on Friday.